welcome to Said. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief and Curious Style Voyeur, Jane Dagney. Said is the conversational complement to what's been written in Designers Today magazine. Said is also an acronym that stands for Something About Interior Designers. Here, through conversations with designers and decorators, manufacturers, marketing experts, business coaches, and others in our community, we'll acknowledge, celebrate, and explore that special je ne sais quoi that designers share and yet express uniquely. Designers are creators, people handlers, and life changers, artists and visionaries, extraordinary jugglers with powers often greater than they can see. We are intrigued and inspired over and over again. Enough said. On with the show. Hi, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, my guest is Stephen Carlish. Stephen is a Dallas-based photographer who spends most of his working life photographing the gorgeous interiors that you, dear designers, create, working to capture editorial-appropriate angles and moments that not only make your portfolios sing, but grab the attention of editors like myself, who are always in need of great content. Stephen has been on several podcasts before. And I urge you, if this is your first time meeting him here, to listen to those others as well. He podcasted with Darla and Natalie on Wingnut Social and also with Luann on a well-designed business. Each of our podcasts are different. Ours is a tad more personal as we get into Stephen's journey and what brought him to his present place of shooting interiors, working on book projects, teaching about photography, and coaching designers on how to take great iPhone shots. Now comes my favorite part of the intro. As always on this podcast, we cast aside the traditional bio reading in favor of learning about our guests from others who know them better. To get more scoop on Stephen, I went to Denise McGehey, who has been working with Stephen for about five years. Here's what Denise said. He is a bundle of creative energy. He likes to have a plan, but doesn't let that get in the way of a perfect, unplanned capture in his photography. He needs caffeine around 2.30 p.m. to get his next burst of energy. He still does all post-production on his images and works them to perfection. He also loves old-school film photography. He is a nice person, a great dad, and a patient soul. He loves doing good and loves to tell stories of his subjects through his lens. He is my friend, and I could call him for anything. He gets it. Life, beauty, creativity, design. Without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Stephen Carlish. Hello. Hi, Stephen. It's Jane. How are you? Good. Can you hear me all right? Oh, yeah. I'm clear. Okay. You're clear in my ear, too. Well, I'm so Good. happy. I'm so happy that you could come on to the podcast. I know you just got back from a shoot last night, but I'm yeah. glad that we could do this together. That's so worked out great. I'm well rested, so nice. <laughs> Good. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel well rested, but I'm like I just drank some coffee and I'm ready to go. So, and I know that you're. I know that I'm going to get energized by this conversation. So I look Good. forward Good. to it. Okay. Good. So I want to kind of get right into it and find out more about you. Um, and how you got into this incredible profession of doing photography for interior designers, mostly. So how did you start in the business? 
Uh, well, it's kind of an interesting story. I, I was a, um, a tennis player in college and kind of had photography as a minor and was sort of heading towards a career of being a um, teaching pro, tennis pro mm-hmm. in Florida and decided that's just not going to fly. So let me drive to Dallas, um, live with some friends and um, work at a camera store. And I got into photography, um, had been doing it in college, but this is way pre-internet. Right. Long, long, long time ago and started working for some portrait photographers and was really interested in the portrait side of the industry. And then I got into fashion and back then in the mid nineties, uh, catalog fashion was huge in Dallas. And so there were a lot of opportunities to work in fashion and JC Penney's Dillard's and all that kind of stuff. And just learned a lot about lighting and making things look really pretty and became a really good portrait photographer as a result of it and just started getting hired by local magazines to shoot portraits of uh, store owners, um, interesting people they're doing articles on. And every time I went to do a portrait, they would say, can you also do a photo of the store? Can you do a photo of their house? Can you do, you know, a detail or something like that to go with the portrait? And um, this was like late nineties and early two thousands probably. And, uh, you know, they just really liked my work, the interior work I was bringing back. And finally, a an editor, Rebecca Sherman here, who's still here in Dallas with um, a local magazine, said, hey, do you want to shoot an interior? And I was like, OK, <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Um, I hadn't worked for any interior photographers. I'd only done, like I said, fashion and portrait photography. So um, just went out and shot an interior all on my own. And um, it was on the cover. It was a huge spread. And I was stoked by it i was just kind of like this is really cool and love the images i loved working on this on the project and from then on just got hired for more and more and more and just kept building on that sort of fresh sort of look that i was trying to bring to these interior projects and just sort of went all in so uh, i have 20 years ago from your story there are three things that popped up into my head first of all so you were in florida um teaching coaching tennis so why dallas though what was you said you you went and you got a job at a camera store what was the pull there i uh well my first i my first two years of college were in the dallas area and i studied architecture and um by the time i got to my junior year i decided i didn't want to continue in architecture and got into photography and wanted to leave and i wanted to move back to florida where my family was and ended up leaving Dallas, I was a little burnt out on the school and um, wanted to change directions. And so I ended up going to Florida um, where I could finish up and just get a fine art degree and play tennis and kind of see where that would take me. And um, when I was done there, I was in a small town. I sort of had three options. I could have gone to the Orlando area or Atlanta or back to Dallas. And since I still had a lot of friends in the Dallas area and familiarity with it, I decided to come to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And and you said also camera store. And I'm just thinking like, yes, once upon a time, there were camera stores. I mean, there still are a couple in New York, um, but th- that's almost obsolete. Do you, am I right? Yeah, yeah. So this was uh, 1994, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, I literally got to Dallas and the very first thing I did was I opened up the yellow pages and I looked at the, <laughs> the <stores>. yellow pages <laughs> yellow pages and uh, and I found one that had a really interesting ad 
and uh, it was called Cooter's Camera. So it kind of really rang a bell. I was like, Cooter's Camera, this just sounds hilarious. I got to go check this place out. Mm-hmm. Little did I know it was um, in Highland Park Village in Dallas, which is the center of, you know, the all the great architecture design wealth in Dallas and um, an amazing client base. Like Stanley Marcus used to bring his camera in and I'd have to wind the film out of his camera. Mm. Um, Lionel uh, or Lamar Hunt would come in and, I remember reviewing images from Lamar Hunt's uh, pictures from the, um, when he brought the, um, was it the World Cup to Los Angeles? And that was summer 94. And, um, you know, I was just like, oh, these are great photos. You know, you had a really good, really good seats, you know, right by with the the champion holding up the, you know, the um, trophy. And he's just looking at me like I'm a total idiot. And I'm like, oh, you're Lamar Hunt. Okay, so... (laughs) Um, just things like that. But I was sort of in this amazing, amazing store with a lot of history, camera store with amazing cameras and people that um, would come through that just, I got um, to see a side of Dallas that I never knew existed before. I wasn't, I didn't grow up here. And that just sort of clued me into that, the photography industry within that part of town back then. That's what led to the portrait photographers, uh, which was a big deal mm-hmm. back in the nineties and ended up working in this, that part of Dallas and then venturing up, but always coming back to, and then ending up, that's where the main source of my photo shoots come from is uh, Highland Park. So. Right. Right. Well, so from, from that first um, interior shoot to now, which is, I mean, shooting interiors for designers um, that takes up about how much of your time? 90 100% yeah. 90 <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it takes up takes up most of my time um right now uh definitely trying to focus on shooting for as many interior designers that I can um fill my calendar up but also reaching out to I'm trying to shoot more fine art for an online store just to try to create more interest and in other things that I do for my interior design clients and educating photographers being on you know being online and yeah all the other aspects of the business that I feel like I can kind of contribute more to the photo industry as a whole I noticed on your website beyond the beautiful uh interior shots and the amazing portraiture which I want to talk about later I didn't realize that that's how you where you sort of started differentiating yourself um your portraiture, like I would hang those in my home just as works of art. I mean, I I don't even know half of the designers that you're shooting, but there's like a really great mood. Um, Yeah. Well, well, thanks. Um, It's, it's always been a passion of mine to shoot, to shoot portraits and to to tell the whole story of a designer in a home or a person in their home. Um, Environmental portraiture is, is always played a big role in my, in my photography. Um, it's more than just uh, you know sterile interior. It's like a, it's got to have some life to it, and and like why you know why are we shooting this home? Like who lives here? Um, who's the designer? And just I'm always fascinated by their style and sort of their energy and their look. Um, how it relates to whatever I'm photographing. So I think a lot of designers were hiring me initially in the beginning just because they couldn't find a photographer that could also do a great portrait of them. So. It was interesting, like magazines would call me and they're like, you're the only photographer we can find in your area that was really incorporating the portraiture with the interiors. Um, so that was a huge draw for them to my work. And it's been um, a part of my business is 
you know, a lot of designers call me just to do their portraits right. um, separately from the interiors. But a lot of times we try to mix them in on the days of the shoots, um, which is just kind of part of something that I can add that a lot of people aren't really doing right now as interior photographers. I feel like they're just focused on the interiors and I try to round it out by let's, let's knock out some portraits while we're there. And some take advantage of it and some don't, but we're trying to get more on board. Yeah. Everybody needs it. I mean, as long as the space is looking great and the light is beautiful and, yeah. you know, come, come prepared. <laughs> Why not yeah. try it, right? I have designers run out during lunch breaks and go get their hair blown out and, you know, do their makeup and they've got their wardrobe all ready to go. And um, we'll set up a shot of the, you know, the dining or living room and it's all lit. Everything looks great. And I'm just like, all right hop in, get in there yep. and yeah and it's just like it's all I've already done the work for the interior shot so um the lighting looks amazing and you know they can just pop right in and it's it's really easy when you do it that way versus trying to just go in separately just for the portrait so it's it's a different look but it's something that I enjoy yeah incorporating in all the shoots so um how many different designers do you regularly work with like you are most of the designers that you're working with um dallas based even though they may have have locations and projects all over but are most of them dallas based or not right yeah right now i would say most most are dallas based but i do work for a handful of designers from um new york area down to i'm working with a big design firm in houston on a book project and so i've been working a lot with them and traveling a lot for a lot of their out-of-town projects and um i feel calls all the time from designers all over the country that are that are interested in my work um i do travel a ton so and i feel it's it's not a barrier anymore so i feel designers that are um, out of town can easily just reach out to me and i can be there whenever they need me for a shoot, it's not a huge expense for travel anymore. So, what, what's, um, but most of my clients are, are Dallas based right now. And what's your vetting process? It's and when I was thinking about our conversation today, I thought, you know, I think there's a lot of similarity between um, some of the business parts of your business and a designer's business. And, you know, people are calling you from all over. So now is that who takes those calls? Do you take them? Does your wife, Kristen, take them? And how do you vet people? Uh, well, Kristen Fields, we, we have a pretty good response rate, uh, or should I say response rate? We have a, an inquiry form on our website, which has been really helpful and a lot of information about our process and my background and um, what to expect on a photo shoot on our website and our blog. So by the time somebody kind of goes through all that information and then reaches out through our contact form and answers some basic questions, we pretty much know a lot about them. So when they do schedule a call to talk to us. It's usually with Kristen first. Um, I'll take a look at any notes that I need to regarding their requests or information they need. Um, if I can talk to them on the phone, I will. But usually the first person they'll talk to or deal with is Kristen, who is, you know, the other half of the business. I'm sort of the face and the name of the business, but she runs the operations and deals with client management and Mark Payne, she's my PR agent, mm -hmm. um, you know, she reached out to you and gets me in, you know, other people's blogs and it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a team effort for sure, but she does um, most of the client interaction until I actually do the shoot and then, then I can jump in. Right. And she's very good at what she does. Um, yeah. Why would you turn something down? Mm, I don't really turn anything down. I, I, I say I work with, I work with a lot of designers that 
maybe only have one project that they've done, maybe their own home, and they're just getting started. And I may only go in and shoot one room for them mm-hmm. um, and maybe a portrait, something they can build off of uh, moving forward. I'm a big fan of um, working with somebody who's just getting into the business and who wants to start off with great imagery because I think it's just going to set them apart moving forward instead of starting with a bunch of imagery they're not going to want to use in six, eight months or even a year later. Right. Um, you know, my big my big push to designers is, you know, a lot of the work that I've that I've done for um, a lot of the big name designers now, they weren't big name designers when I started shooting for them 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're still using my images from 15 years ago. Um, there's a reason why they are still using them. They're, they're timeless. They're classic. They're solid images. They were styled correctly. They were shot, you know, in a, in a beautiful way. And we right. took the time to do it right. And, you know, I feel if you just put that extra effort in, in the beginning, now, if you're just a starting designer and you only have a handful of projects, just invest in a great, finding the right photographer somebody you can sort of build a relationship with over time that can shoot in the style that you want. And, you know, you're going to just, you're going to be able to use those images in 10, 15 years. And if you want to do a book project down the road, you know, with a Rizzoli or somebody like that, you're going to have great images to pull. Right. Um, You can't go back and reshoot anything. That's another big thing I tell people is, you know, you're not going to want to go back to a project a year or two or three years later. It's just, sorry, it's just not going to be the same if you're even allowed to get back in. So um, you got to shoot it when it's fresh and. Yep to get what you can out of it um you know imagery is super important right now um everybody's capable of documenting any project with an iphone or finding somebody who can just shoot a thousand pictures for them of of anything um quickly and cheaply but i think doing it right just creating a handful of solid images is is crucial especially if you're a new designer right right you know it's as as an editor and somebody that loves going through magazines there are some images that are just indelible, you know, those mm-hmm. incredible um, ones. And I think that, and I'm not just, you know, doing this like kiss-assy thing, but seriously, look, your portfolio is crazy. It's like, it's so strong. And I can't wait to show, I can't wait to show you the stuff I haven't been able to show for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> of, of new things, but I'm just, I'm, I, I loved um, discovering you a couple months ago. And then I was just refreshing my, my memory. And uh, I was like, Oh, yeah, I, I love that room. And, you know, just certain things speak to me. What um, some of the people you said you you started with some designers who were, you know, not really on the map yet in these long term relationships. And I love long term relationships in the business. Um, who, who are some of those designers that you've been working with and supporting them and likewise, for years and years? I, I, I think a great like three, three designers in Dallas that started shooting for early, early on that all recently came out with, um, with books, uh, big coffee table books, um, recently are, um, Emily Summers, uh, Jan Showers and, uh, Michelle Nussbaum all here in Dallas that I, all three of them, I started shooting for really early on, mm-hmm. um, the early, early two thousands. And a lot of those book projects that they've just come out with, um, were a lot of fun to work on because yeah, the, the book publisher would be sending me emails, um, you know, they would find some random image or they would, the designer would send them a, you know, a thumbnail of an image that they pulled from somewhere. And they're like, you know, can, can we get this image? And I'm like, um, 
okay, that was film and I don't even have a scan of that. So I was sending, sending envelopes of, you know, four by five and medium format film to this, to the different, you know, book publishers and they're just loving it. It was, it was fun, but it's great to see those old images reappear in the books and just sort of mesh into everything they had that was current and it just flowed seamlessly. And um, I mean, I guess that's just, you know, a, that's sort of a testament to their style mm -hmm. sort of being so iconic and um, timeless. And also my imagery at the time really, really, really was timeless for them as well. I mean, I feel like it's, it's inconsistent and um, solid just as much as not being trendy and not overdoing it, um, which I see a lot of in interior photography these days being trendy and overdoing it what can you tell uh, what does that yeah. look like what does that look like um i think just coming from um a background of film since i started in the early 90s um everything was shot on transparency film and you had one you had one exposure to get the image right and you would turn that into a magazine or to your client and um, they would get a scan of it and that's that's what was reproduced you didn't do photoshop on anything right the image was just captured one click of the button and it had to be perfect so if there was a color cast or if there was a little lens flare if there was a focus off or something um that was sort of inherent in shooting film you know a flaw that we would consider a flaw nowadays it was now we look back on it and it's beautiful um it's like the imperfect is what we all is what i seek in my work now it's not it's not perfection it's not making every pixel perfect in an image, which I think a lot of people are spending more time working on that aspect of their images versus sort of trying to find the feeling of an image or the feeling of a room, you know, the color of a room, the the mood of the room, you know, they're more worried about fixing everything that they think is wrong with an image versus sort of appreciating the flaws and the reality of it. Do you mean technically or the or the propping and the styling? Te technically, technically, I'm speaking more technically, lighting, Photoshop, mm -hmm. um, working on images and post. Um, there's just a lot of things that people do, contrary to how we used to do them, that um, they all sort of strive to achieve a look that we used to have. And they are all sort of going about it in a backwards way. If that makes sense. Like it's almost they don't realize that it's they're by doing so much work, it's affecting the image in a negative way. Like counterproductive to all yeah. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I also uh, worked in magazines in the 90s. <laughs> so transparencies, Polaroids, um, yeah. Yeah. it was a whole different ball game. We would shoot maybe, I don't know, it was like maybe eight images a day, if we were lucky. Yeah. Um, and but they're all great. They're all great images. Yeah. I mean, we labored over it, you know, looking through the camera, move it, you know, probably a lot like it's done today, you know, move that chair a little bit this way. I would, of course, be looking at the styling and the photographer would be looking more at the Lighting, at the technique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and then, um, yeah, and then getting the transparencies. And I have books and books of my Polaroids from shoots um, taped up like I love looking through them. Yeah. You know? Polaroids are fun. I wish they weren't so expensive to shoot. Right. <laughs> still right. shoot them. Little little That's souvenirs. Cool. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. I still have a bunch too. They're nice. So I'm curious, um, you know, you certainly people are um inquiring about working with you and but as far as you um 
going out and, you know, widening your own circle and making contact with new magazines, new editors, new designers. How do you go about doing that? Do you go, how do you network and market? Honestly, I've, I've, I've kind of dropped the ball on, on networking with magazines. Um, they tend to sort of find me because one of the things I like to do is submit the work that I'm doing uh, or help the designer in the submission process, uh, trying to figure out what magazine it's going to be appropriate for and trying to help them get it uh, published through. A lot of times, a lot of my work in the last, I would say, five plus years has been published just as pickup art, um, not assigned um, work. So uh-huh. I always try to go into a shoot with um, with a stylist and also a florist and shoot it like we're shooting it for a certain publication. and then submit it. And since it's done with a team that is used to getting published and knows what, what a publication wants, they're more apt to pick it up. And it always looks great. And we do the shots that they need and um, everybody's happy. So we kind of feel like that's a better approach than sort of waiting for the phone to ring, you know, to get this one assignment from a magazine. They do come in, but it's not something that I wait on anymore. Right. It's more shooting on specs. Sort of, but mm-hmm. meanwhile, the designer is getting a beautiful portfolio piece, what they want, and yeah. and hopefully um, getting in, into print. Do you, since, you know, from transparencies to digital and from print to digital, do is print still in your circle of designers, like the goal? To be in yes, print, for, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's it's something that people keep, and it's uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the <laughs> that's the gold standard. You got to be in print. Um, you know, being in blogs is great. You probably actually get more eyes on your project than a blog or on Instagram. But um, you know, being in print, it just there's still you just can't beat it. Right. Um, it's, it's the best. It's the best way to get your work out there. Well, I, I like to hear that. That's a good response by me. <laughs> yeah. No. Being, you know, um, I, I love it. Um, yeah. I love doing a magazine. So with, when you also mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago, just, you know, images and people have their iPhones and shooting up a storm. So with the iPhone and all that capability, um, not that there is true comparison between what somebody can do in an iPhone and what a skilled photographer can do with a camera, but how has your business changed with all this accessibility to better cameras or has it not? I mean, have you had to diversify? Have you, have people thought, oh, I can do this on my own and then figured, "Mm, I can't really do this. Has technology in the iPhone like made you be inventive and innovative on, in your business and um, it's it's uh it's, it's amazing what the iPhone can do, and especially the new one that just came out is is insane. Mm. Um, you know, I have I have the last generation, and even even that is is ridiculous what it can do. Um, I do actually teach designers how to shoot on their iPhone mm-hmm. um, because I feel that they are always at a project over. You know, they're doing site visits, they're doing installs. Um, they're there when the light looks amazing and it's the more they can use their iPhone to capture little vignettes or detail shots that they can use on social media of a project or in process, um, that's, they're going to benefit from that. So I feel it, it helps them have a tool that they can use and not be intimidated by, um, 
you know, it kind of builds excitement about a project as it's going on. It, it'll never replace sort of the capabilities of a professional camera and a, and a photographer who's um, knows how to use lighting or knows understands lighting, you know, to, to create a beautiful image. But it's still, you know, it's a great tool. And I, I mean, I've, I'm sort of tempted to do an entire shoot on an iPhone mm -hmm. um, just to sort of see what it can do. Um, Sure. It's, it's fascinating, but I, I don't feel like um, it's changed my business. If anything, it's sort of increased the awareness of, of what it can do for my clients. And I really try to push it that they use it more um, and not be intimidated by it. So it's a great tool. And when you say you teach designers, is that um, like market seminars, webinars, one-on-one -on -one coaching, all, all of yeah. the above? Mm -hmm. All of the above, yeah. I'm trying to get more into coaching right now. And um, I really want to kind of get in front of designers just to show them what they can do with their iPhones and right. a lot of them express interest in um, getting markets to to run, you know, a seminar with me, um, teaching either that or just basics, um, using cameras that they can go in and do um, just little shots, not, not huge room shots or not an entire full day shoot on their own. But, you know, like I said, when when something is happening, you know, like you wake up in the morning in your house and you walk into the kitchen and the sun is just coming through the window at that right spot. Yep. And it just looks amazing. And you're like, oh, my God. And you just click the iPhone. and It's just gorgeous. And, you know, that's it's perfect. Just do it. You, you know, be be aware of how to get a great image when that situation's in front of you. And I feel if I can teach designers to do that, um, just a few basic tips and tricks, you know, to get more out of their time spent on location or if they have a junior designer or somebody on their team that you know is a semi you know wants to be a photographer has that eye for photography then empower that person to sort of be that take on that role when they do go to site site visits and installs and just just shoot yeah are you i know right nothing it's not like film it's not like you've just got you know 28 shots or something um keep going <laughs> do, are you doing any are you doing any panels um scheduled for anything this January yet? You know, January is like the month we're, of shows. We're working on, yeah, Kristen's working on. Oh, good. She's, she's, she's out there trying to get me involved in something. It's, it's, um, we're still getting to this basic understanding of what all the markets are and what they provide and, and what they're, what the audience is. And, um, you know, locally we know the Dallas market and, you know, there's Houston and obviously Atlanta and New York and LA and, Vegas, all these different markets that we're we're interested in getting into. So we're we're working it. Okay, well keep us we'll, posted. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll be... <laughs> I'll be at all of them. Yeah. So keep me posted because we'll, we'd love okay, to good. help you spread the word anyway. Yeah. Um, when that happens, so um, I was thinking uh, I would love to talk to you a little bit about. I know you work with stylists and uh, stylists and florists um, regularly mm -hmm. and encourage designers to do that. But in terms of um, like I look at a lot of locations now. Um, we put two or three projects in the magazine every month. And sometimes, you know, there's just, uh, sometimes it's so obvious why I would not elect to run run a, a project. Um, and then other times it's harder to figure out what it is. Like it's a perfectly nice project, but I always like to be kind of lit up on a certain level. Um, and mm -hmm. I was thinking about certain things that, that uh, irk me with styling and I just thought it'd be fun to, <laughs> to talk to you about 
some common mistakes or overpropping or things that designers should steer clear of when if like they're doing their down, own styling kind of styling. yeah kind of and you know that's, that's tough that's tough mm, I, well, uh, I you know it's it's funny I, I I actually was now that you say it um it just brings to mind we were doing a sh we were doing a shot um I was shooting in in uh South Carolina um this weekend and and we were we were working on this one shot and it was this long bench and you know the first thing the designer grabs a throw and wants to throw a throw on it and I was just like wait 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> like like I'm getting burned out on the throw yeah <laughs> like I just I does every shot need a throw because I, I do a lot of projects where I feel like that's what we always do. We just put a throw on everything. Just sure. throw to, to break up the side of a chair or the sofa or the bed or, you know, it's 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 the throw becomes our crutch. You know, like yep. we can't we can't complete this shot unless there's a throw in there, and then it's then it becomes well, how do you throw the throw um, to make it look natural? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it just but it's not this whole sloppy. <laughs> not so. No, there's a technique for sure. Um, that's why you have to hire great stylists because it's impossible to make a throw look right unless you really know what you're doing. Right. Um, yeah. There's an art. There's an art to it. Um, you can do a whole story on throwing. Uh, it I mean, definitely between the drapery and the folds, bedding was never mm -hmm. my my strong suit. I used to get in the bed. Oh yeah, beds I'm, beds are the worst. Yeah. You got in the bed. I would get in the bed, and and then I would because I would want it to kind of look more documentary style, um, uh -huh. unless I was doing a very crisp look. Um, but even yeah. so, like for sometimes we would have bedding stylists and only those ladies uh, and they were all female that would you know iron the sheets and tuck everything and that was more for like yeah. catalogs and things like that but not editorial um mm -hmm. but other throws like other like the the cup of tea and the glasses i mean that's kind of been yeah. replaced by like an ipad and um a bottle of wine with a glass of wine, a couple glasses of wine you know next mm -hmm. to the or the champagne next to the bathtub or something you know there's there's some things that, you know, or the shoes, uh, one, 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 <laughs> one over. Part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's, there's things that we all sort of in our minds when we see a shot, we're like, we, we don't realize it, but we're going back in our visual memory to a long, long time ago. And we think, oh yeah, let's put the, you know, let's style it this way. And what I tend to do is shoot it both ways. I shoot it with and without just, just to have options and, Yes. Um, you know, with with the throw, without the throw, with the shoes, without the shoes, with the purse, without the person. Right. You know. Yeah. No, just, it's just always to, good. Just to know that we're we're covered. But um, and I do think you know nowadays with digital, you can you can definitely try a few things. Um, you can be a little silly. You can try the mess. You know, try the 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 bed versus the messed up bed. You know, pretty easily if you want to. Um, well, one thing in a bedroom that and and maybe you have a solution. So when I look at bedroom shots um, and there's like a chaise or a chair that is mm -hmm. near the bed, the chair looks tiny, so out of proportion to the bed. And I'm just like, this just looks weird. Like, I, I don't need the, the wide angle on the bedroom because the chair just looks like it's either falling off or like super tiny. Yeah, unless, unless a room, unless a bedroom has a significant architectural importance as a room, mm -hmm. um, if it's like got this amazing ceiling and this window a lot of room um a lot of space to play with you know i i tend to shoot 
you know, a half of the bed or a quarter of the bed. I don't try to shoot the whole room because it ends up just looking like a real estate shot. Right. Um, you know, things like that, you know, are, are important to realize that you can really sometimes just need half the bed. Yeah. You know, the cor- one, one, one nightstand, not both, not both lamps. One lamp, no. you know. Yeah. Yeah. You I, can tell I the agree. whole story. Yep. Yep. So Break less it. is more. <laughs> Break it up. Break it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing, and I'm just, um, and this is my last irk, but I just would love to hear what, your opinion. So um, when I started working in editorial, I worked at Country Living Magazine, and the look um, with the film was always very warm and overlit, okay? And then mm-hmm. we, and then things changed, and we were modernizing, and it was much more natural light. And, you know, yeah, using what was there, which is always fantastic. But sometimes I get film in, and it is so overblown. It's so overexposed. I don't know if I'm using the right yeah. words, but I want to see details. And that's one thing that I really love about looking at your at your imagery is, like, it's rich, you know. It's super mm-hmm. rich. I can see everything I can I can see. And I don't – so when I get this blown, up, blown out film, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm – I'm middle aged. I can't see a thing. Is it my eyes or? No, no I like details. That's, that's that's a trend. I mean, that's that's definitely a trend in photography that that a lot of younger designers are kind of uh, leaning towards in in their work. Um, it looks good on social media. The mm-hmm. the brighter, blown out, poppy look looks really nice. Um, if you're scrolling through a feed, it's something that'll grab your attention a little quicker. Um, so I just think people react to it in that in that way. But you know, I like. I don't like that. It's kind of a neutralized, uh, desaturated, sometimes um, void of of natural color. Um, you know, I'm I'm all about. You know, when I shot, I, I look back. I like to look at old books and magazines, or even my old photos from you know the early 2000s or late 90s, mm-hmm. where you know you took a picture of a room and you're like, okay, you know, there's there's this really nice warm puddle of light in the corner that was coming from uh, you know the, the sun was coming through the window a little bit over here and then on this side of the room it's going blue and you know it might be a little yellow or green hitting the ceiling from the grass or whatever and um those colors are there in reality you see them when you're when you're there but nowadays the a lot of people just want to kind of zap all of that out of an image um because I don't like the way it looks They're like Ooh, it's a color cast it's gross it's yucky it's, right it's yellow it's green it's blue it's it's orange um, but I kind of feel that kind of sucks all the life out of it. So I like to leave a little bit of tone, a little bit of color in to my images because it just looks more real. It looks, looks alive. It's not sort of dead and boring and stale, which I feel like I see a lot more these days with this washed out type of imagery. Yeah. I get, um, I don't know. It's a little too repetitive for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, so what's, what you said, um, that you can't wait to show some of the things you've been working on over the last two years. Like, yeah. wow, I mean, keeping something hidden and secret for, for two years, that takes a lot of restraint. Um, so what yeah, what this, can you talk about that's coming up or what are you excited about? Uh, I've, been, I've been shooting a lot for a design firm in Houston for a book project they're working on and it just won't be completed until next fall. So um, really can't post any of the images from the numerous shoots I've done with them, which are amazing. Um, it'll be a beautiful book when it's out. And I'll tell you all about it when it comes out. Okay. Um, you know, things like that. It's like you, you get real excited when you get these great, these great shots from these 
amazing shoots and these locations and you just want to share them and show them and you just can't you're just like uh it's, it's killer um right you know just a lot of designers that i shoot for everybody's aiming for press and publicity so you can't even um there is a designer i work for who's just like you can't even post behind the scenes from a shoot or anything she's like doesn't want anything out there um just doesn't want to ruin any any opportunities for press in, in the future so you just gotta kind of sit on it and wait and see what happens and you know just ends up with a lot of great shoots that you just kind of forget you've done over the years and you're like oh was that ever published maybe i should go back and pull images from that from that shoot right um you know yeah i you want to i i want to run with it right away like i just shot what i i want to show what i did yesterday mm -hmm. today right but i can't no so. no um and do you, uh, do you have kids two kids how old are they two two girls 13 and 15 mm. do you love to shoot them like i mean portraiture do you are you taking pictures of them a lot um we do they're they're kind of at an age where they don't socialize with us very much um <laughs> they kind of live in their rooms or they're busy um when we do go on vacations though i do have a lot of fun um, photographing them we were at the, the beach this summer and so try to get a lot of a lot of great candid shots of them on the beach and we're going to be in new york for thanksgiving and you know i always love photographing them in new york it's such a great backdrop and um yeah they just always seem really happy when they're on vacation so we get we get a lot of good opportunities when we travel but at day-to-day -day stuff it's tough i'm busy i'm tired mm -hmm. the last thing i want to do is pick up a camera again and have to work on more images but um, on vacation i love to do it so yeah. we tend to shoot more and what's your what's your own home like i mean here you are working with incredible designers who you know from just incredibly expressive different variety of styles what do you what's your personal style like it's a mishmash um you know i think we've my wife and I both have always been just so eclectic and non-committal with furniture and design that, um, and we kind of reached the point with our kids and we have, we have a couple of dogs that, you know, some nicer pieces we had early on that just sort of got destroyed and damaged that we were like, you know, let's not, let's not really invest in anything while we're going to have our house torn up by a bunch of teenagers and, um, pets and it's not really the house we, moved into a suburban location for the schools and yeah. not necessarily for the home of our dreams so i think we're kind of waiting it out to sort of see what happens next and then maybe the next um the next phase will be when we start to really get into okay what do we really love right you know let's focus on that and i think about it a lot and it's just not something that i want to commit to at this moment and i feel like design you know you it's fun to play, but it's also it's also great just to be comfortable in your home. So, you know, I feel like we have a comfort level right now that we're good with and you know. Yeah. We'll get a little bit more serious with design a little later on. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I just bought a house, so I feel like finally I'm growing up and I <laughs> and yeah. I can decorate it, but but I don't have any time. So it it stays largely un undecorated, but it's comfortable and everybody loves it that comes in and, and that and it works for us right now. So that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, a good look. I like that look. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> it's just us. Um so I am curious who you would love to work with, who you have not worked with yet, or or a space that you've seen that you would just love to put your 
perspective on and, and shoot the way you would like to shoot? Like, what are some kind of dream projects or dream people you'd love to collaborate with? You know, um, with my, you know, with my architecture, I'm looking and I have some pictures on my wall. Um, with my, my, my sort of background in architecture, I'm always drawn to spaces that incorporate great architecture and design. Um, and, you know, Zaha Hadid's interiors, they're just, they're so far out. I mean, it's just something you would just dream to, the space you would dream to be in. Um, I think photographing them would be, would be awesome. And, and there's a couple of European designers that I love, um, Joseph Duran and uh, Vincent Van Duysen, mm. and Joseph in, um, in Paris and uh, Vincent in, in Belgium. I went to high school in, in Belgium, so I think I see I see a lot of my youth, my when I was in high school, um, starting to appreciate architecture and design. Um, I, I sort of I get their vibe, you know, and I really yeah. sort of I react to it. I think based on the fact that they are in France and in Belgium, and there's a sort of minimalist masculinity and, and sexiness to their work that I really relate to. So I would love to definitely love to work with any one of those designers for sure <laughs> you know the Zaha's team now um on the residential interior side is, is just producing amazing work I know the commercial side is a little different but it's just for sheer architecture it's it's crazy and then um I sort of have like a crush on uh, Thomas Pheasant mm. on his work and it's you know yeah anyway he's someone in the states that may, maybe someday who knows if he's listening yeah <laughs> this team yeah. If you know anyone, if you know anyone, um, <laughs> no, I really, I really, I really love his work. Um, no, I, I, he's, and he's a lovely person. He, um, on the back page of our magazine, we have this uh, editorial page called Journey. And so he did mm -hmm. his journey for us last in April. And, um, and he was just a pleasure to work with. And yes, uh, no. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, set an intention for that but uh yeah well it's interesting i started following him on instagram a while back and i started noticing that every image he posted on instagram was like an image i would post mm. it was something that i'm like oh that was something i would shoot if i was in that space right the same it, it was almost like it was my eye and you know a lot of architectural details um, a lot of great architectural shots of interesting buildings and you know, Paris, London, New York, DC, wherever he's at. And I'm always just drawn to, uh, if he's doing them or someone else is doing them on his team, I don't know, but um, I kind of fell in love with his Instagram feed and and then his work. And, um, you know, I want to work with people that see things in a similar way. Um, right. So we get each other and it's not, you know, we understand each other, sort of the artistic side of how our brain works um, spatially and, you know, compositionally, I guess. And and to always keep stretching yourself, right? And and mm -hmm. widening your circle and learning from others. And um, yeah, do you feel like you're, you know, every shoot sort of brings you, not every shoot necessarily, but most experiences bring you like something new into your life, something like, oh, wow, I just learned this or this, just even if it's a little tidbit from a person that you hadn't met before, you know, just... I, I'm trying to learn more about why designers do what they do. Um, I've always been fascinated with interior design and I try to read 
read as much as I can and, and learn as much as I can about the different, you know, the different companies that are out there producing furniture and design, um, textiles. I shot a lot for Sutherland. Um, mm -hmm. And so I kind of was always trying to find out more about, you know, the rugs and how the rugs were produced and sort of the background and the design of the rugs and then the furniture and why they chose certain, you know, lines to, to do. Uh, you know, this the whole industry of the furniture design all the way through um, why designers pick certain fabrics and what they love in terms of wallpapers and different companies and you know who's hot who's not um yeah you know, trying to educate myself all the time so i'm always so fascinated with sort of the why of a designer is doing something versus what i think of it just from my point of view do you think your job is glamorous um times i mean mm -hmm. i was hot trotting around charleston yesterday um with some pretty interesting people <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, this is not a bad Monday. Um, right. Or Tuesday, whatever it was. Um, and just had fun, you know, just like I really get to see some amazing things. And uh, it's hard to call it a job when you, you know, get to get to document an amazing piece of piece of work of art that a designer and a homeowner spent, you know, a ton of time and money on. Um, in a great location you're just like wow i get to i get to hang out here for a day or two and i know just get to get to enjoy it and you know capture the beauty of it which you know that's the dream right yeah we we are lucky i mm -hmm. we're we're in a good place i mean and and yeah the job is is definitely glamorous at times um but goodness photo shoots and unpacking boxes and and uh racing against the clock and all that but then you look at the, the images the and it's like oh well, and that's the thing too, and and one of the things that I I try to teach new designers that haven't done a lot of photo shoots is what to expect on a on a photo shoot day. Um, I get a lot of interesting requests from from new designers that that just don't understand the time and effort that it takes to make it look a certain way. And when somebody sees an image that I've done that's been meticulously styled and produced with a team and they want their project to look the same way. I'm like, well, we, we can't just walk in and shoot it as it is. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it in time. And so I have to do this education of, you know, this, this is what it really looks like, you know, and I should post more behind the scenes of sort of the, the destruction that happens on a photo shoot of, of the crap that just builds mm -hmm. um, the boxes, the props, the, you know, the extra furniture or the art or everything else that's brought in. It's chaos. It's pure chaos. Yep. So, you know, that, that part of it, a lot of people don't, they never see it and don't sort of understand it really exists. But whenever you see this beautiful image, if you just pull the camera the other direction, turn and look back at what's happening behind the camera it's it's amazing oh yeah yeah the camera sees what it wants to see what it needs to see and that's about it you know yeah, yeah definitely there's, yeah well there's a there's a photographer i hate to kind of sketch you off but there's a photographer i follow art striver who's a celebrity photographer and um on his instagram feed i think it's as pictures um he posts the final image that he shot and it's usually a celebrity and it's like the cover of a magazine like entertainment or whatever um you know or a campaign for a new movie or something like that but it's always these photos of celebrities and it's these amazing shots of the celebrity and then he shows the behind the scenes of how he got the image and the lighting and the crew and the setup and um yeah if anybody really wants to see how just chaotic it can be on a photo shoot just look at Look at his Instagram feed and just see, like, you know, you go from this one 
nice tight shot of somebody on a plain white background and you think, oh, that looks really simple, photographer, subject, mm -hmm. easy. And then you pull back and they're on a soundstage and there's 50 people and, you know, it takes a village, Stephen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. Get your get your team together and, and create great content. Um, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to say um, that I kind of was purposeful in steering our conversation away from some of the um, incredible podcasts that you've had with other hosts. So I want to say um, on this podcast that I know you were on Wingnut Social with Darla Powell and mm -hmm. on Luann's podcast, A Well-Designed Business. And um, just that our listeners should definitely check out those podcasts because all the information that you're sharing is different and it's all very yep. helpful. So I think, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't like to be repetitive and I like to be different. So I feel like we kind of got a well-rounded, a well-rounded, um, you know, taste of you and, yeah. and everything. So, I mean, I'm, is there anything else? I'm, I'm pretty good. I think we covered a lot of ground um, and got to know you. And that makes me yeah. happy. So. Um, yeah, definitely. It's been been a lot about me, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's been fun. Yeah. I. Uh, you know. Um, you know. I don't know what the listeners actually really want to want to learn, but um, we do have a lot of. We are constantly putting out, inform educational information on our blog mm -hmm. and trying to link to more people, like podcasts like yours, and also the other podcasts that I've been on. Um, that I feel that designers, if they don't, if they don't listen to podcasts and they don't follow people like you and, and, and other blogs and magazines that they can get this information from, that it's out there. Yes. And we're trying to steer people towards that just so that they can have a better photo shoot. Definitely. Um, mm -hmm. That they don't waste their money on hiring the wrong photographer for the wrong reason. They just, it's, there's a lot to learn. Um, and we're not, we didn't cover it here, but on the other podcasts, I kind of go more in depth on sort of you know what the differences are between different types of photographers and you know I, I just the, the worst thing I that I hear is when a photographer when a designer has spent a lot of money on shooting three or four spaces with a photographer that they were right. sort of told to use by somebody else who they didn't really know and they just they don't really have anything useful from the images because it didn't go the way they wanted to and they weren't educated on how to make it a successful photo shoot and and they find out about me and they're like, okay, we learned a lot from your, from your blog and, you know, we want to work with you and we feel like we're going to get the images that we need. So, and we kind of have to start over with them, which, you know, it's, just, I'm trying to keep people from having to go through that. Yeah. Cause mistakes, process. Mm -hmm. mistakes can be costly. And like you said, you know, you finish a location, you can get into it, but the, when time passes and passes, it's harder to get into a location if you, you know, yeah. if you do want to shoot that. So um, mm -hmm. making a good choice the first time around for sure. But yeah, yeah. You, you, you dispense good, um, good, uh, information on your blog as well. So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. And that's, that's a, that's a Kristen project there. Mm. The blog. So got a you shout out to Kristen yep. for putting that all together and working on the blog. And yeah, I don't have time to do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it takes, it takes a team. It takes a really good team. And, um, I, you know, hats off to any photographers that do this on their own. Um, I don't know how you do it on your own, but um, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this business. And, um, you know, I just play a small part of it. So, well, um, you 
you play a significant part. If you say it's small, it's, it's very important. So, well, it's been a pleasure. I thank you for your time. And um, I hope that I get to meet you at one of the shows this winter. Definitely. And yeah. if you're going to be around Dallas, let's, let's definitely be in touch because I'll be there for the winter show. Okay. Well, for sure. Yeah, we'll be here for that. So. It'd be great to meet you. Yeah. Maybe I'll get your portrait. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, anyway, okay. so, all right. Well, I'm going to say goodbye and we will talk soon. Great. Okay. Okay, Stephen, thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to SED. Be sure to visit designerstoday.com for more style, substance, and soul, and also to subscribe to our magazine. Till next time, I'm Jane Dagney, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today.